Right across the world, there are people who feel misunderstood, whether it's historical stereotype or society giving us a perception of something. We are continuously having to educate ourselves to change our view of the world and the things in it. And that, of course, includes our animals. In this episode of Unconditional Love Stories, we're hearing from a pretty incredible lady who is using her career and the power of social media to challenge and change the perceptions of dogs like hers. Asha Leo started her modelling career at just 13, and now not only does she present for multiple television networks across America, she's the mastermind behind a viral social media account for her pup, Pirate the Pitbull. Before we get stuck in, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Front of the Pack, for making this podcast possible. If you've got a four-legged bestie and want to help them live their healthiest life possible, then check out the science-backed supplements these guys have created to do just that. Go to FOTP.com to find out more. If you've been scrolling through your social media this morning, you'll no doubt have seen plenty of dogs. They truly are the real stars of Instagram right now, and Pirate the Pitbull is one of them leading the pack, with the help of his mama, Asha. I am so excited to speak to someone who, well, seems on social media to be someone who is, I'm going to say obsessed with her dog. I'm going to say obsessed, I'm going to go as far as obsessed with her dog. I feel like obsessed has a negative connotation to it. Like, can't we just say that I greatly appreciate like, obsessed makes me sound like I just watch him sleep, which I also do do that. One thing I absolutely love, and this is the real key one, is that clearly Pirate doesn't have opposable thumbs or fingers that are able to use uh, an iPhone or an iPad. And yet, his Instagram following is almost double yours. <laughs> I think it's almost triple. <laughs> I think what it comes down to is that Pirate is a far more entertaining, far more attractive candidate for social media than myself and the numbers don't lie at the end of the day <laughs> i mean she's right pirate with 89.3 thousand followers on instagram thanks to the handiwork of asha but i still think we can stick with obsessed sorry i mean devoted that being said whilst pirate does give her a run for her money asha is a star in her own right as a successful international model and tv presenter and she has the most wonderful, if not model, accent, having been born in the UK, just outside of London, to Welsh and Indian parents, and now lives in sunny California. But before diving into her career and globetrotting, I was keen to get an introduction to Pirate. You've been in the US now for 13 years, and the love of your life right now, tell me all about him. I think he'll always be the love of my life, no matter, no matter what. But um, my dog is, his name is Pirate. I adopted him when he was seven months old. He's a rescue. He's now three years old. He's an American Pitbull Terrier, American Staffordshire Terrier mix. Um, and quite the character, really. <laughs> is he with you right now? Oh, I actually just woke him up. He's asleep on the oh. sofa. Come on, let's let's see this chap. Can you can you shove his face into the into the screen so at least I can see? You want me to pick all seventy pounds of my dog up for you? Come on, come on, muscles, you can do it. Here's my baby. Oh, <laughs> that's one of the biggest fur babies ever. Hello, buddy. Now look, oh my goodness, he is so handsome. He's got 
beautiful like almost green eyes he's he's like a, a brownie sort of brindle color with a beautiful white stripe down his nose uh, and, a, and a lovely strong nose a very roman nose a very very handsome chap um and is he is he at the moment the the absolute love of your life is he you keep saying at the moment he will always be the love of my life <laughs> always why pirate because he doesn't have one eye and he doesn't wear a patch and he doesn't have one leg with a sort of a pointy thing at the end. Oh, it's a very embarrassing story. But basically, I adopted him with an ex-boyfriend and we decided that we needed something to signify a love that was all-encompassing. And so I decided that seeing as the majority of the planet is made up of water, that therefore uh, a pirate law would be all-encompassing because so much of pirate's law would cover the globe. And so the idea of pirate became the idea of love. And so that became his name. Asha has had an incredible career, which started young, when she was spotted for a modeling agency at the tender age of just 13. I was in my local shopping center and there was a road show for Teenage Girls magazine at the time. And they were looking for the face of, I'll omit the year, not to age myself. And, and um, the head of the agency that was there scouting girls saw me, gave me a card and asked me to, to, to call the London agency. My family are not from an entertainment background at all. And I gave it to my mum and my mum said that obviously it was some sort of tomfoolery or something shady and so therefore she ripped up the card and put it in the bin and that was oh. that I didn't want to be a model I grew up very much a tomboy but I think when you're that age when you're 13 when someone wants you you're like but I want that thing I want to be valued so I stumped my feet my mother ended up calling and I went to Tiffin Girls School top three of the league tables in the UK and so the woman who answered the phone just happened to have gone to my school. So as my mom was giving her her full rant about how I did not need to be a model, my daughter has options, she goes to Tiffin Girls School, the woman on the phone went, oh, well, I went there too. And so purely based on that, my mother went, well, I guess this must be a reputable agency then. Uh. So I went and the rest is history. That's amazing. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, you're 13, you get this incredible offer you know you're doing very well at school but you know you, you start traveling the world so that must have been an incredible experience it really was i am very fortunate i've traveled to 64 countries all through work i have met some fantastic wonderful creative people i have definitely learned a lot about independence and uh, professionalism through my work I'm extraordinarily fortunate to still be doing it. I'm going to give my age away now, but 26 years later, I'm still a model and that's unheard of. Models tend to have much shorter lifespans. Like anything else, modeling has also given me, it has negative and positive effects in my life. So, um, but yeah, I am, I, I, I look back at my career uh, with appreciation for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that all those countries and all that travel and those experiences, I mean, you can understand why any mum from Surrey would be a little bit concerned about her daughter, um, you know, travelling around the world with um, with all these sort of salubrious characters. It, you know, it, you must have had to keep your, your wits about you. Very much so. Uh, so I'm, I'm travelling the world before smartphones. Now it's very easy to 
land in an airport, jump onto Wi-Fi, text someone, tell them you've landed, uh, call an Uber, know that the Uber at least is some sort of recognized, like non-shady person, go to the hotel, FaceTime someone to let you know that you've got to the hotel, watch on Google Maps to make sure that you're going in the right direction. Like all those things definitely give you a layer of security. And when I was doing it, I've landed in the middle of fields in back end of nowhere like, and uh, some guy in a taxi is just happens to be there. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how long the drive is and it's dark and you hope that they're driving you in the right direction. And so I think that doing a lot of this pre-tech, you have to have your wits about you for sure. After modelling for most of her teenage years, being in front of the camera was where Asha felt most at home. But there was another passion she wanted to pursue. I finished my degree. I went to London College of Fashion and my parents then said, you're fine to go and explore and live your life. And so three days after I graduated, I moved to New York uh, with the quest of TV hosting, really. I knew that I could model to sort of make ends meet, but that was the goal. Uh, soon after moving there, I got uh, a job as the face of BBC America, and that really kind of started my career from there. Um, and and lived in New York for three, four years, and then very quickly realized that if you want to be in front of the camera, that, that you have to be in LA. And so I made the move even further away from home. It was, it was a lot of fun. I, I've worked with the America, the I, Warner Brothers red carpet. I've uh, MTV and Tyra Banks, were, and we worked together on a project. Vice, uh, Refinery29, Guinness World Records. Um, Access Hollywood. It's been it's been a lot of fun. The whole point of why I wanted to be a TV host is because I do just have this insatiable thirst for learning, and I think that this this honor of being able to interview people and hear fragments of their lives gives you an opportunity to learn something that you never would in your reality. Like I'm I'm Asha, and this is my sphere. And if I get to travel around the world and just live a small part of other people's lives. I think it just makes me a, a more well-rounded person. And then I get to be a catalyst to, to sort of open the minds of other people who end up watching. Most of the time on this podcast, we hear how people grew up with dogs or had some sort of four-legged influence in their early life that shaped a love of pets. But in Ash's case, it was happenstance that led her to find the love of her life, Pirate. It was quite accidental. I moved to a new neighborhood and I'm a big believer in community. And so I'd seen these posters up for a neighborhood block party and I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to sort of meet local vendors and maybe some neighbors. Uh, what it turned out to be was really a, a large adoption event under the guise of being a block party. It was just a sea of crates of kittens and cats and puppies and dogs. And I like animals, I, I have a heart and so I was walking along, you know, cooing in, not necessarily attaching or wanting any of them. And without sounding too cheesy with the whole love at first sight thing, I, towards the end of the fair, I, I saw a pirate who was then called Sam. And I just, there was just something, I was like, I need to go meet that dog. And as I walked over, very sneaky, the rescue, they saw me make a beeline for him. And so by the time I got to his crate, they already had a leash on him and they handed me the leash as I got to him and they said he's been in his crate all day do you mind just taking him for a quick 15 minutes around the, the fair I was like I can do that of course I can do that 
I, 12 minutes later, I walked back up to them and I was like, you knew, like, you knew what you were doing. I fell in love with this dog in that very short time. But I am a realist. And I also believe that dogs are not a spur of the moment decision at all. They're a lifelong commitment. And so I thought this is ridiculous. I, I travel a lot. I don't have the means or the lifestyle for a dog. This was Saturday. I took their details and I said, if on Monday morning, I really still want this dog, I will go to the rescue and I will get him. So I left and I walked down the road and I got into my car and I sat at the driver's seat and I said to myself, if on Monday morning you call for him and he's gone, how are you going to feel? And I got straight out of my car and I went back and I got him and that was that. <laughs> and I literally, I walked into Petco, like the big giant pet store chain with mug written across my head. <laughs> oh, the the, the word mug was written across her head when you walked down the block party. Let's be honest. <laughs> you know, and I just went, I, I've never owned a dog before. What do I need? $1,000 later, I walk out with all this stuff that they sold me. And after a week of living with him, I was like, I don't need any of this stuff. I, 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 I don't know what it was, but uh, as many people have now said from his social media following that there is a soul connection in the two of us. And if that was the point of our recognition, then, then I do believe in love at first sight. Being a pit bull, Pirate has led Asher to learn a vast amount about bully breeds and the stigma and struggles that surround them. As a vet in the UK where four types of bullies are banned, I'm more than aware of how much negativity is associated with them, including the Staffordshire and English Bull Terriers of whom I hold a particular affection for. But rather than shy away from it, Asher has embraced this and become a passionate advocate for bully breeds. She continues to try and quell misconceptions and correct false information with the help of Pirate's adorable face and character on social media. When you see a dog like Pirate, you can immediately think one of two ways. You can either go, that's a very handsome looking doggy. Or you can go, oh, I think I might just make sure I grab hold of the kids and just give them a little bit of a wide berth. So if you're really honest, when you first saw him, was there any trepidation when you went to, to walk up to him? Did you immediately feel this is going to be absolutely fine? Because you're someone who, uh, you, by your own admission, is not someone that's had experience with dogs. So I'm very interested to know what your first impression of him was. My first impression was that he's an incredibly sociable, loving, fun dog. That was my first impression. But I... I think the, the best way to advocate for anything is through education. I need to know wholeheartedly and thoroughly what it is that I am standing for in order to educate other people about it. And what I know now about bully breeds and what I knew then is radically different. Even the term pit bull, um, I, I, I thought pit, was, pit bull was a breed and it's not. It's an umbrella term that is given to, to in America, four breeds, but really can carry up to 25 different breeds under it. So when, when we first started talking, Perry is an American pit bull terrier and an American Staffordshire terrier as well. So he is a, a mix. I had friends that had pit bull type dogs. And so I did know through association that the stigma associated with attached to them is unfounded and is unfair. But I really had no idea about how adopting him would affect my daily routine, my lifestyle choices, my everyday interactions, 
every decision I make is now being affected because I have a dog that is deemed by society as dangerous, even though he isn't. One in 600 pit bulls will end up getting adopted. Um, every, and that's like ridiculous statistics because that means 599 of them are being euthanized for nothing other than unfair prejudice. Uh, in America, um, it's uh, 2,800 uh, pit bulls are euthanized a day. And normally that truly is just because of these myths that surround them and how how things like breed specific legislation has made it almost impossible to, uh, to own a pit bull type dog. It's impossible to get home insurance if you have a pit bull. Certain landlords won't let you move into buildings if you have them. Certain daycares won't let you uh, like board your dog there if you, if you needed to. It, having that kind of outright ban on them makes people then hesitant to adopt them out of shelters because how do you let this dog actually be part of your lifestyle? Um, I've been really fortunate that I am in California. There are over 900 cities in America that do have an absolute ban on pit bull type dogs. And I'm very lucky that I'm, I'm here and that they are super dog friendly. I know we joked at the beginning about pirates being far more popular on social media than I am. But I think that's because I like to do it. For me, it's a mix of our love for each other information about how to help the stigma that is attached to bully breeds and then also highlighting him as an example and an ambassador for pitbull type dogs if the listeners of this go and look at his social media you'll see pictures of him that we dress up in the same outfit we like act together we do these like silly little skits and whenever I show them to people, it is always the first thing that they say that I didn't think a pit bull could be yeah. like that. What most people would generalize is that these are big dogs, powerful dogs, and there are reports of um, of injuries both to other dogs and to people as a result of owning them. So what would you put that down to generally? The number one thing is a misconception of what a pit bull is. So you're looking at up to 25 different breeds that could be classed as a pit bull. So anything from an American Staffordshire Terrier, an American Bull Terrier, an American Bully, an American Pit Bull Terrier, a Mastiff, an Alano Espanol, a Presa Canario, a Doggo Argentino, a Cane Corso, a Japanese Tosa. They, if you Google those, they all look like what we think a pit bull is, an athletic looking dog with a big blocky head. And so when you have statistics, that is from the average human who has encountered a dog. And if something was to happen with that dog, they go into an emergency room and statistically people say a dog bit me or a pit bull bit me and there's no, nothing else. And so when you're pulling a statistic, which is down to an individual's perception of what that dog breed actually is, then of course it's going to be inflated and completely unreliable as well. Also, because of the reputation that pit bulls have had, they tend to be adopted by people who want them as guard dogs and who don't train them. And so then, as you said, in, in the wrong hands, 
any dog has the propensity to, to bite or to be dangerous. Any dog, not just a pit bull type dog. But unfortunately, more dogs are being adopted into those circumstances because of the reputation of what a pit bull is. I just well. love the passion that comes out of you after owning a dog for just three years. It's incredible. Honestly, you speak like <laughs> someone who's, who's lived alongside dogs your entire life. It's hard to see. I follow a lot of... Um, rescue accounts and even just before we came on to this oh god I'm gonna start crying but even before I came on to this uh podcast there is a bully breed dog who's had a machete taken to its face and they have completely cut off its nose and all of its front it's it's so horrible and there is no reason for anyone to ever do that to a dog but it is unfortunate that it is bully breeds that the ones that people tend to abuse the most the reason why um pit bull dog pit bull type dogs were used as fighting dogs back in the day is because they are so loyal to their owner they will do anything that their owner tells them to do and so you could actually train a dog to kill other dogs but know that they would never harm you because they are so loyal to you. It's that loyalty from Pirate that gives Asha so much strength when she needs it the most to deal with the past trauma in her life. It's something Asha is open about as part of her career and also on Pirate's Instagram account. Another reason why these two have an unbreakable bond. I'm a sexual assault survivor. Um, the... Uh, uh... Trauma happened to me very early in life, so it really did sort of shape my entire being. Um, I have suffered with feelings of self-worth and depression and, and fear of safety. And uh, we talked about the glamour and fun of being a model. If anything, it only uh, highlighted the fact that um, like that, my, that all I'm good for is my body, basically. Like that's part of when you're uh, sexually assaulted, like that you're not present in your body. The majority of my career, I've been a swimmer or a lingerie model. And in order to be able to get through those shoots, you really do have to detach yourself from it. And so it just heightens that feeling of, of, of what I'm valued at, that my worth was just this outside thing this like this body and not me the only thing people wanted from me was an exterior thing um i have as we said traveled the world and whilst that sounds idyllic and and fun uh it is really scary being on your own in foreign countries and i actually travel with although i'm not technically allowed to a knife pepper spray a taser um, I have these door jammers that you put underneath the door and you tighten so the door can't be opened at all. And when I walk into a hotel room, the uh, first thing I always do is I open the wardrobe, I look behind the shower curtain and I look under the bed. And if there's a partition door to another room, I move a sofa or a table in front of it. I, I am constantly aware of my safety and I have PTSD from what happened to me and anything can, can trigger me. I didn't know what Pirate was going to give me. He has given me a routine on days when I'm depressed and I don't want to get out of bed. He makes me exercise. Uh, I have to socialize. I'm part of a community online and, and in real life because of my dog. 
he flies with me, which is also super fun when I have a pit bull on a plane and people are like, <gasps> and he's just the best boy and loves getting rubs and attention from everybody. And so he flies with me. He stays in hotel rooms with me. He makes me feel safe. The big irony of all of this is that he's the biggest lover. And actually, I mean, I don't know. I've heard that if I really was in danger that he would know and that he would step up. But I've had... I was selling something on a on a website once and I buzzed them in downstairs and I left the front door open. So this complete stranger walked into my apartment and I was on my hands and knees dismantling this cabinet. Pirate ran over to him, slid down the front of his legs onto his back and was like, you may rub my belly. And I was like, dude. Hey, have you not heard the stigma, <laughs> honestly? Be, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so whilst... Whilst he is the biggest lover possible, uh, I do like to lean into the fact that he is a big dog and that people are scared of him in order to just for my own sense of security. But more than anything, I don't have to use any of those tools for my safety because he will alert me if I'm in danger. He will jump out of bed and tell me like, mom, we're not safe. And I really depend on, on him for that. My dog has really helped restore my faith in humanity. It has helped me see the best of people. It has helped me believe that there are good people out there. Through sharing my story through his social media, I've had an overwhelming response from fellow sexual assault survivors, veterans, uh, people who suffer from PTSD, and then people who also have had depression in their lives. And all of them have shared with me how dogs make a remarkable difference in our lives and how grateful that we are all for them. Thank you so much for, for sharing it. Can I ask, like, did you get any justice for, for what had happened to you? No. That must be really hard. I'm, I'm a member of RAIN. It's a, a rape, abuse, incest national network here in America. I'm, a, I'm on the Speakers Bureau, so I, I go out and I speak to different groups and organisations sort of, people of all ages about what happened to me. And the number one question that people ask me is how do you heal? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still in the process of healing. Justice, I guess, for some people would be like closure maybe, but my, my dog helps me heal. He, and, and bringing joy to others through pirate social media helps me heal. I, I get messages from people on his account saying that someone's father had died of COVID and that they hadn't smiled in two weeks and they opened up their phone without really thinking and pirates funny video popped up and they actually laughed and it was the first time they'd laughed since something awful had happened to them. And making people smile is exactly what Asher and Pirate do, which is one of the best parts of social media. But sometimes, in this case, the tricks and quirks which make for great viewing can be a rather annoying pet peeve in reality. I think that I have created a little bit of a diva when it comes to my training. So I don't know if you've seen this craze on the internet where people have given their dogs buzzers that are meant for young children to learn how to speak. So you, you program a buzzer and when you hit it, it will say a word that you record into it. So these dogs on the internet can have five, 10, 50 buzzers and they can form entire sentences. And they'll say like, Stella, want ball outside. And she's like, oh, you'd like to take the ball outside? And the dog's like, yeah, I would. Like it's 
amazing. So of course I was like, I'm pretty sure Pirate could do that. So I have given Pirate buttons and they say a variety of different things like play, outside, treat, like all these different things. Pirate only hits one buzzer. He literally stands and he doesn't blink and he just goes treat, 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 treat. He gets up in the middle of the night and I'll be like, where's he going? And he'll leave my bedroom and then he'll walk into the kitchen and I'll hear him go treat, treat. In the, in, no matter what, all day long. And of course, like I've trained him. So I have to reward him if he does do the desired behavior. But it is the most annoying thing because I'm like, there are other buttons, pirate. You can communicate anything you want to me. But he's like, nah, I just want food, please. What advice would you give to other pet parents when it comes to looking after the canine companions in their lives? Gosh, I I definitely can give advice to people who are thinking of adopting bully breeds. Um, it is not for the faint-hearted, and that is purely because I've never had people be so mean to me because of the dog that I have. Like, you need to have a thick skin before thinking about having one of these dogs because people just assume the worst in him. You know, I'm a model, I look a certain way, everyone's nice to me. I have this accent, the world is my oyster, right? So for the first time in my life, it's like, oh wow, they're like, this is, this is horrible. If you're thinking about adopting this type of dog, think long and hard about it because it's not just about the usual, oh, I've got to potty train and a few basic commands. It, you, are, you are now flying the flag for bully breed ambassadors and you have to train and you have to be able to put up with the nasty things. But at the same time, what an incredibly rewarding journey for anyone that wants to fly the flag for bully breeds. And, and I can say from personal experience that they are absolutely beautiful. In just three years, Asha Leo has become the most devoted dog mum to this rescue pup, and it's incredible to see. You can tell that the connection between these two means that they do anything for each other, and that's encompassed in Asha's passion for being such a strong advocate for both survivors of sexual assault and for the bully breeds she loves, as well as being an all-round great dog mum. If you do nothing else today, be sure to check out Pirate the Pitbull on Instagram at Pirate Pitbull and have a scroll through. Your cheeks will hurt from smiling at him and Asha, I promise. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, a big thank you to CoFruition for consulting on and producing the show and also to Front of the Pack for making the show possible. You can learn all about their incredible range of dog supplements by heading to FOTP.com. And if you can, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts and be sure to hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. It's always great to hear what you think and it helps other like-minded doggy people to hear about us too. If you're hanging out with a canine superstar in your life or maybe taking some selfies with your Insta-popular pooch to post online, be sure to take a moment to tell them just how much you love them. Speak to you next time. He has his own agent, it's called the Dog Agency. And so uh, we're, we're actually signed for if commercials come up or anything like I love, that. I love how you were sort of trying to, trying to go, oh, like you probably wouldn't realize, but he's actually got an agent role going, yeah, of course he does.
course he does. <laughs> the, do- the dog flies on a plane, Asha. He flies on a plane and he has a unicorn horn. He just got a gold one. It just turned up from Amazon because I felt like gold really made his eyes pop. So I got him a new one. <laughs> Um, uh, I oh my god, the poor lad! And, and uh, he's like his his street cred's completely gone now. If ever there was a place that he could dress like a unicorn and no one would bat an eyelid, it's LA. That's the only way I roll, actually. Well, I'm in LA, so funny though. <laughs>